Revolutionary Talk for Revolutionary Times. Liberty Talk FM. Welcome to Medicine on Call. Um, today I have a special guest with me, Dr. Marie Jin. Uh, she's a board-certified dermatologist who practices in California. And today I wanted to have a conversation about the Internet. And there's a lot of, uh, I think, things have changed in terms of advertising, in terms of doctors reaching out to patients. And Internet presence and social media has become very powerful. And online reviews are one of the things that when patients come to see me, that they talk about and they, they, it leads them to my practice. But what about the other side of it? What happens when there are false reviews that are put on, on the internet about doctors? What do, what do doctors, what power do doctors have? What power do patients have? And I wanted to speak with someone who's actually on the front line about this. And I want to thank you, Dr. Jin, for coming on um, the show to speak with us today. And if you'd be so kind, tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you pick dermatology? How did you start your practice? Yeah, hi. Um, I am a dermatologist in California, and uh, I chose, I actually did uh, two residencies. I did internal medicine uh, first, uh, and then uh, then did, did a dermatology residency. And I chose dermatology uh, because it, uh, I went into medicine to save lives uh, and uh, I found that when I was doing internal medicine that uh, it wasn't more about saving lives but doing a lot of paperwork. And uh, when I did a rotation in uh, dermatology, I just found that uh, I could really see results, patients were happy, um, it just uh, was a little bit more satisfying to my personality, mm-hmm. um, so that's why I chose dermatology. Well, being out in California, I would think, well, it's a huge market for one thing, and being able to, you know, carve out your niche and make your practice separate from other folks social media and um, internet presence, it must be huge for your practice as well, I would assume. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, especially since I live in the Silicon Valley, uh, mm-hmm. where where the whole internet started. Uh, yeah, social media presence uh, is important. Is there any story that you can, that you'd like to share with us about your experience with, review, with patient reviews, specifically the negative reviews? Because that, to me, it can be something that patients use as a hammer against you if they're unhappy about one thing, a billing, anything, you name it. Yeah, I think the online reviews have uh, become a sticky point for a lot of physicians because of the fact that um, people can write anything about uh, the physician, uh, whether it's true or not. Um, And uh, a lot of times, Medicine and how we practice medicine is very complex. Um, however, uh, you know, people who uh, come to see the physician, 
don't understand the comp- complexities uh, of uh, diagnosing, of treating a patient. And a lot of the reviews, unfortunately, um, we are treated more uh, like a, uh, a restaurant or other types of uh, services that are much more customer-based versus uh versus clinical base. So a lot of the reviews uh, on social media tend to be, uh, patients tend to express the satisfaction with customer service mm-hmm. rather than with the clinical performance. So uh, uh, studies have found that about 84% of complaints on Yelp, for example, c- cited non-clinical service issues uh, as a main source of this satisfaction. So these complaints could include uh, chronic billing uh, problems or poor follow-up uh, communication or excessive wait time. You know, it's a, it's a, almost like a wild, wild west, and it's very uneven. You, the, people can write things about the physician, but the physician actually can't write things back, right? Is there like a patient privacy thing? It, it's, not, it's not an equal playing field, is it? Oh, definitely. I think uh, this is where the uh, real problem lies, is that unlike uh, other people who are reviewed, uh, you know, whether it's the uh, dry cleaners or uh, your restaurant or the hairdresser, they can really defend themselves. Unfortunately, physicians have a problem. The problem is that uh, because of patient privacy laws, um, also known as the uh, Health Insurance Portability and Accountability Act, or HIPAA, um, and as well as a threat of lawsuits, physicians are unable to uh, comment on those negative reviews. So what that means is when somebody complains about a bad service at a restaurant, the restaurant owner can explain the issue, what happened, they can apologize specifically to that uh, review. But if a patient complains about the physician, uh, the physician, because of HIPAA, cannot explain why he chose that treatment or why uh, um, he did the things he did or why there were was a wait time uh, because of the violating patient privacy. Um, so you can't, as a physician, apologize for any bad outcome without exposing yourself as a legal risk. And this is just even stating that you know this patient was your patient. Mm-hmm. That's really, that's like putting yourself in a box, essentially. Yeah. And now you have the hospitals where the patients get to, they give patients questionnaires about doctors. and you feel like you're walking a tightrope because you have to be everything to everybody and it's it's almost it's a completely it's not it's not realistic is it i mean you're spending some doctors 7 minutes a, a visit for their patient you you're under, if you work for a big group or a hospital you're under duress to get in get the patient in get them out very little niceties i think go on in that kind of environment those doctors must be open completely open to these types of reviews and patient questionnaires where it could be misunderstandings and you can't explain yourself. I mean, that's, it's hard to get up and go to work and think about with having that behind your back, you know, it's over your shoulder, this, if I don't say it the right way, if I don't look a certain way, they're coming after me. 
Yeah. I think the chronic issue, to be honest, is that uh, when it comes to um, the dissatisfaction that a lot of uh, patients may have with their health care, with their provider, is very, um, I think, directed at the wrong source. Mm. I think that physicians are the one in the front line seeing the patients, and like you said, um, they don't understand why we have to see patients every five minutes. <laughs> um, you know, everything, uh, or why they're, uh, they have to pay a copay every time they come to see you, or why is there, you know, why did, why did they have to, uh, pay out of their deductible, uh, a certain amount, or get charged a certain amount? And this is where I think, uh, patients, uh, are not understanding the system, that mm-hmm. it is the system, not the, the provider, the pay, uh, physician, um, that there's a reason behind all of this. It's the failure of our healthcare system and uh, making, you know, physicians be uh, rushed to do a lot of things um, because they're not getting paid or uh, they have a lot of uh, stuff they need to do behind the scenes that no one sees. Oh, I agree. I mean, the middleman has become extremely powerful. You mean you're describing the insurance company insertion into the doctor-patient visit. We get this all the time. You know, people coming up for follow-up, they flabbergasted, they have to pay a copay. But I don't yeah. think patients read their own their own uh, medical insurance contracts, and they should do that. I mean, look at the card. It says just because you have the card doesn't mean you have. Um, they're not going to get benefits. They don't even read that small print. But I think, <laughs> but people need to take responsibility. It's your contract. And honestly, doctors have been really nice about this. If you really think about it, we could be in a position of you pay us and then you go back and get it from your insurance and you work with them. We could do that. And it is done in other countries. And I think it's a lot smoother because it makes the patient totally aware and, and and not sit back and see what happens kind of mentality. And I think there's a lot less um, drama, really, that goes on when the patient has to deal with the insurance company. They're a lot nicer to the patient than they are to us. Definitely. I think that the reason uh, why, and, you know, patients are very frustrated. And so... What ends up happening is that the frustration gets put on these online reviews. Uh, so we kind of get the brunt of the anger and the frustration. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, for example, like we talked about, that uh, a patient had to pay a copay. So, uh, not understanding their insurance, not understanding that those are the rules that we have to abide by. But we are the ones that get blamed uh, for that or, you know, or the fact that it it doesn't. What's so sad is that there are uh, so many amazing physicians um, that are, you know, according to other physicians, are considered the best doctors uh, out there. Mm -hmm. And yet you read their reviews and you realize, wow, this is terrible because they're not being ju- judged on who they are clinically, but rather uh, how how much copay or how long they were uh, seen or how rushed they were. So um, unfortunately for patients, 
who look at these reviews, they may not be getting the right perspective. And if they do pick a physician based on online reviews, then that's very sad for them because they may not be getting the full picture of, of the pers- of the physician that they want to see. Oh, I agree. And that's you, you really have to be an informed consumer of these reviews. And it's, a, it's human. Anybody who gets on the review, I think it goes both ways, right? Either the person is ecstatic and they love the, the doctor and they are motivated to do that. But that's not necessarily the norm. I think people are more motivated by nasty things more than positive things because they can vent and because it's anonymous and because there's no blowback from it. So it's, it's, it feeds the worst part of our nature, I think, to get revenge on people. But yeah, part of it is communication. And let's let's take a break, um, come back, and I want to pick that up because I think communication is key. And I think a lot of these reviews wouldn't happen if everybody would talk with each other. And I think the Internet and the electronic medical record system has made it worse. On that note, let's take a break. You're listening to Medicine on Call. Welcome back to Medicine on Call. Today we're speaking with Dr. Marie Jin. She's a board-certified dermatologist and the director of Premier Dermatology in California in Silicon Valley. And before the break, we were talking about communication. And, you know, when I opened my practice, I started off with an electronic medical record system, but it was a personal choice because I wanted to stay lean and mean and I wanted not to have, you know, dictating services, etc. Now with the Affordable Care Act and the advance of these electronic medical systems, I don't think doctors really do have the same hands-on with patients. You have medical assistants that come in. You have all these layers before the doctor gets there. And that's where the seven-minute visit usually comes in. I've heard of patients tell me the doctor never examined me, never laid hands on me, never looked at me, just walked in, wrote a prescription, and walked out the door. So in the advance, you know, the, the need to advance our healthcare system with the electronic medical records, do you think that that's made or inserted another insertion between the doctor and patient, another layer that's led to this depersonalization and then the feeling the patient feels just un- uncared for and therefore they want to lash out? Oh, yeah, definitely. It's uh, another, like you said, it's another layer that stands between uh, the physician caring for the patient. Uh, you know, it used to be just a face-to-face visit, that was it. And now we have these layers of things that go in between uh, the time we could be spending with our patients, definitely. And, and have you had any colleagues that you're aware of who've gotten these you know, erroneous negative reviews and has it, have they had to leave practice? Has it caused them, you know, what's the worst case scenario that you've ever seen with someone getting one of these negative reviews from a physician's standpoint? So uh, we have a petition out there uh, on change.org to remove these online reviews of physicians. And in the process, uh, because of the petition, I've had a lot of physicians contact me about their experience uh, because of these online reviews. And some of them, some of the stories are very sad. Uh, I had uh, a, pa- a physician tell me that they were bullied um, 
from these online reviewers, and 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 the physician knew exactly who it was. Um, and this person continued to bully them, um, even when they uh, this physician relocated from California to New York, and uh, he tried to you know, contest, do things legally, trying to get this person off their back, but mm-hmm. they were relentless and leaving super negative reviews and followed them to New York and continue to write, write negative so reviews at his new practice. Wow. Um, so it, it is a very emotionally uh, traumatizing experience for uh, a lot of physicians. The thing that I've experienced and, and found is that you can't contact the companies who, you know, who house, house these reviews. They won't remove them, right? So you can't, it has to be the person who wrote it that retracts it. That's even more power. You can't even hold them liable for it. That's right. I mean, we need some legislation, actually, probably, to correct this because it's defamation, it's messing with someone's it's restriction of trade. It's, well, as you said, bullying. So, I mean, there's all sorts of things psychologically, economically, that goes on with no proof. I mean, this is not something that you can actually prove. It's just someone making a statement. Yeah, so uh, it's, it's a huge problem. Um, unfortunately, the... The, the thing is that uh, a lot of these uh, online reviews cannot be held liable. Um, they're immune under the Communications Decency Act, uh, Section 230. Um, and what this Section uh, 230 of the Act uh, has been interpreted to say is that the operators of these internet services, they are not construed as publishers so thereby, they are not legally liable for the words of the third parties who use their services. So they cannot be sued. This is uh, the problem, is that these uh, online reviews are immune. Mm-hmm. So you cannot take legal action against these online reviews who a lot of times filter reviews uh, and have no uh, recourse if you are being, uh, you know, reviewed uh, negatively mm-hmm. by someone who can be have an emotional problem or is a bully or is uh, a fake person, they they have no uh, liability. What if it? Have you ever had a, an instance of a doctor telling you that it's not a? It's just so personal and it's you know expletive driven. I mean, it's just completely over the the borderline. It's not just a review anymore. It's just a character assassination. Can you get that removed if it's got, you know, things that are, I guess, I wouldn't, expletive driven, et cetera. Is that something that can be removed? Yeah, so uh, definitely I think that um, you have to look uh, at the online review companies, Policy. Okay. So, uh, if you look, for example, if you look at Yelp and go to their uh, content guidelines, if the review violates any of the Yelp content guidelines, mm-hmm. then you can contact them and say that it violates their their content guidelines and uh, see if they can the company can remove it. Okay. Um, 
so definitely, you know, if if the review you feel like uh, you know violates the content guidelines of the online review company, then definitely contact them, and it can be re- uh, removed. What about the flip side? It it doesn't. But have you said doctors who've gotten lawyers to write a cease and desist letter on the patient? I mean, has has legal remedies that the doctors use personally been effective? So, yes, uh, there have been several lawsuits uh, that physicians have, um, you know, like I said, tried to go after the online company, mm-hmm. which a lot of times is not successful. But then uh, they have actually taken action against the uh, perpetrator, the uh, the reviewer it's, uh, themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, there have been some uh, successful uh, outcomes, especially if it's affecting their livelihood or their reputation. But it's very costly, so uh, not many people are able to do that. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Um, the flip side, the, the other question I have is the the companies that have been springing up to help you clean your reputation online. It sounds like they may be run by the same <laughs> the same um, hosting sites in order to make an extra buck on people who are trying to to fix the problem. Yeah, you hear about these, uh, you know, online reputation uh, uh, review sites to clean up. I don't even know what they're called, but. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, that's expensive, uh, and you know, for, for the reviews. So it would have to be. Uh, it, it ends up being super costly. So the physician uh, is at the burden of uh, going through the cost of taking these actions. Well, you know, I, I see a, a solution, perhaps, and that may be the the doctors having a policy or something in place in the office that the patients can actually email, call, have someone who's dedicated to patient dissatisfaction. So you kind of nip it at the bud. I think it's part of it is just complete rage, I'm sure, and entitlement. But the other part is not being heard. And maybe that would be a way to actually prevent this spewing online, that you can kind of fix the problem. And a lot of doctors, I think, don't know when a patient is having a bad a bad um, experience in their office. And it could be the front staff, you know, the, the front desk person, the person who answers the phone having a bad day, and it all blows back on the physician. Yeah, there definitely, I think that is a really, really good point, is that, um, you know, instead of having someone uh, post uh, an angry, negative review, um, like you said, it's about uh, understanding the the person's frustrations. So, mm-hmm. for example, for example, um, one thing that we do in my office is that we ask the patients, uh, especially new patients, people who don't know you, to uh, ask them if they were happy with the visit. Mm-hmm. So right away, uh, they can express their frustration to you directly versus going to an online review. So a patient survey or a follow-up email or a review that you could do in your office. And um, that way, uh, they can express it 
and write it, uh, whether it's negative or positive, and then you can deal with it. And that way you can know who the person is. <laughs> and you can know that it's actually a patient that was at your office. It's not a fake review. Um, other creative ways that other physicians have uh, been trying to challenge these uh, bad reviews, there's a um, plastic surgeon out in California who actually made a contest um, to get the worst reviews out there. So by making people write the worst reviews on his uh, online reviews, <laughs> it actually makes it almost like a joke that uh, these online reviews even uh, matter. That's, that's a novel way of doing it. I kind of like that. On that note, let's take a break. You're listening to Medicine on Call. health insurance was the promise of Obamacare. But for many, the government mandate caused more problems than it solved. This is Dr. Elena George from Medicine on Call, and I want to tell you about a truly affordable alternative allowed under Obamacare, Liberty HealthShare. Liberty HealthShare bypasses doctor and hospital panels, giving you the freedom to choose. And with a maximum of $500 out-of-pocket per person and 100% coverage up to $1 million per year per occurrence, you can rest assured knowing you and your family are protected. Coverage starts as low as $107 per month and also includes dental, vision, pharmacy, and holistic care. Liberty HealthShare puts you back in charge of your health. Visit them online at libertyoncall.org. Again, for a true affordable alternative to Obamacare, visit libertyoncall.org or call toll-free 1-800-714-6993 today. Welcome back to Medicine on Call. Today we're speaking with Dr. Mary Jin, uh, board-certified dermatologist and the director of Premier Dermatology, and someone who's on the front line of being an advocate for doctors as well as patients. You know, before the break, we were talking about office-based solutions that doctors can put in place. What about also, in, in our practice, we... Tell the patient, if we're going to do a procedure, exactly what it's going to cost up front and give them the option of saying yes or no, you know, not just doing it and then saying, oh, by the way, you're stuck with a bill. And the second thing we've started now is doing an advanced benefit notice. So we have the patient sign basically a contract that says, this is why I want to do the procedure. This is the cost of it. If your insurance company doesn't pay, you have to. Are those things that you think would help decrease this uh, nebulous gray area? Because money is a main problem, I think, that, like we said, drives a lot of these reviews. Oh, definitely. I think that, that those are excellent uh, things that you're doing. Uh, the more upfront you can be mm -hmm. uh, with the patient and explain things and the cost, um, then definitely uh, they, you know, there's an understanding right off the bat. Um, so I think that those are all excellent ideas. And when you talk to other physicians, you know, how, 
Well, you know, you're on the front line. You're very aware. But are doctors actually aware that patients go on and write things about them online? Or are we really just kind of on the forefront? I think that uh, it's interesting. Um, I think people go one of two ways. I think there are physicians, for a long time for myself, uh, it's, it's very hurtful uh, being a negative review about yourself when uh, I know for myself, you know, I try my best. Mm-hmm. Um, so for a while, I used to just not want to read any reviews. Um, so I think there's the one camp where physicians don't even say, you know, want to look at it or read it. It's kind of the opinion, you know, if I don't read it, it's not there. Um, and then there's the other camp, which I have become uh, in the second camp uh, now, is to read the reviews and uh, be proactive about it, uh, whether that means um, having a script, uh, some type of response, generic response, obviously, because we can't acknowledge that there are patients uh, that you could post or do something proactive like we just talked about, you know, whether it's doing a a survey in your office or being upfront about the cost. Um, So, you know, these negative, uh, these online reviews are not going to go away anytime soon. So um, I think being more proactive is uh, a lot uh, healthier, better way uh, to practice. Well, I'm really interested in the response. When you say that, obviously you can't put personal information, but what kind of tone, what, what is the thing that you recommend doctors do in terms of crafting that generic response? What needs to be in it? Uh, I think it has to be a general statement about uh, your practices mm-hmm. uh, in your office and how uh, you you know, want uh, the patients to uh, be heard and that if there are any complaints that you're willing to fix it and that if uh, it can be fixed that, you know, you would work uh, together to try and solve the problem. That makes sense. So a very proactive type of response. That's very generic. Mm-hmm. So uh, no one feels like uh, their privacy is being exposed. And it, I assume not, not defensive, but encouraging communication. Yeah, I think the first thing that uh, a lot of people suggest is to go directly. First, first, like we talked about, look at the content guidelines. Maybe uh, that could be a way that the review can be uh, removed. But secondly, then uh, write a private note to the person or even call them if you know who they are um, and uh, try and talk to them about their experience. And then finally, if none of that works uh, to get the review uh, removed, then write a generic uh, response that's public. Okay. I mean, I've seen uh, from using the legal remedy, like writing a cease and desist letter directly to the patient. That's a, it's expensive, but it's not as expensive as litigation, I don't think. But that's also another uh, tool in, in, in a kit, depending on how the patient, you know, who the patient is, what their personality is, et cetera. 
Um, but that's something else I think that doctors probably may need to know about because it's a one-off. And it usually is pretty effective, especially if you put kind of the I'm not taking this uh, line and you're going to have a, a repercussion. Because I think people don't believe you know who they are. So they write all sorts of crazy stuff. And they have the power of they think of anonymity. And that's one of the bad things about the whole Internet, quite frankly. The people who go on to write the professional complainers and people who were sometimes paid in some instances to to write things that are negative. It's it's actually why I like to go back to or the old old school of medical care where it's just you and your patient and you have the time and you have the ability to craft a relationship. I don't think this goes on when doctors actually have a relationship with their patients and you actually sit and get to know them, good and bad. I mean we're human. Nothing's going to have a 100% positive outcome anywhere. I mean, to promise that is not real either, is it? Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think that uh, that would be awesome <laughs> if we could uh, go back to the way it was. Um, so if, if there's any way where uh, it's just the patient-physician interaction, um yeah, I think these reviews, online reviews, wouldn't even be around. Mm -hmm. um, so I totally agree. Um, there is a uh, movie coming out called The Billion Dollar Bully. Um, so keep an eye out for that. But I think that, uh, again, like the movie suggests, um, these online reviews can be a form of bullying. Mm-hmm. Well, without consequence, too. But yeah. they just as devastating. I wonder if there's any data on doctors who, you know, you know that the suicide rate amongst physicians is quite high. It's like 400 a year, I believe, at this point. I wonder how many of those, of that percentage, have experienced bad online reviews and, and felt that, you know, they were just attacked unfairly. I mean, that's... The first review you ever read that's bad about yourself, like you described, it's devastating. And nobody walks into that office trying not to do the best for their patient. Nobody. I don't think there's anybody, any physician, any healthcare professional that, that feels that way. So for someone to take it there, it's, it's a personal attack, and people take that very seriously. But they can't speak about it, so you end up, I would think, internalizing it. It must be me. I'm a bad physician. You know, and if it's your whole purpose of what defines you, that could really just devastate you emotionally, I would think. Oh, yeah. I think that uh, no one talks about that side. Side. I think that's an excellent, excellent point. Uh, I don't know uh, whether these can uh, lead to uh, physician suicide. Um, but like you said, it has an emotional impact. Um, that I think that the reviewers have no idea, you know, mm -hmm. um, that it really, uh, a, a lot of the physicians I talk to, uh, they take some of the, these reviews to heart, and it's, it's, it's a very distressing thing to, to read something and you, uh, you know, are in shock that uh, it's out there in the public yeah. and that you cannot uh, defend yourself. It's, it's a very... Um, difficult 
position to be in uh, where you cannot defend yourself. I, it is. I would, it, and to have it be such a personal thing about your willingness or ability to do your job, which is to care for somebody. It's not like making, you know, clothing or making a meal for somebody. This is somebody's life that you have in your hands a lot of times. As a dermatologist, I'm sure you give diagnoses that are not pleasant, cancer, etc. I mean, these are things that affect people's life going forward. And for someone to think that you take it lightly, or you don't care, or you're all about the money, or you're incompetent, I mean, all these things that, that speak to you as a, well, superimpose themselves on you as an individual and as a professional. And not this is the only profession, I think, I can't name another one, where you can come, they can come after you and you can't defend yourself. Everybody else seems to be able to, but we're handcuffed. Yeah, definitely. And I think uh, what's frustrating, I think, for a lot of people is that we have the medical board. If they're definitely, I mean, there are definitely, mm -hmm. you know, bad lemons out there. Uh, if they, if there is a physician who is doing something that is grossly negligent, we have the legal system uh, and the medical board that have oversight. Mm -hmm. um, so this is why I think these online reviews um, can be so nebulous because if it truly was uh, something that was, uh, you know, negligent or uh, liable, then I don't think it would be on an online review. That that should be presented to uh, the medical board or to, you know, it should be, it, it would be a lawsuit. So that's why these online reviews, um, people should take it with a grain of salt. That's an excellent point. You're absolutely right on that. That'd be a malpractice suit. That would be a whole different level that never ends up online, really. It goes straight. So this is uh, I, people getting their feelings hurt or feeling as if they're, and again, I think it comes down to communication, feeling not listened to, or they take out the frustration on the insurance from about the insurance company on the doctor. And I'm not sure, I'm not sure you've ever experienced this, but the insurance companies literally pit us against the patient. Our patients have been told in some instances, oh, the doctor can't, shouldn't collect the deductible before you're seen, you know, at the time of your visit. Who are you to tell me, as an insurance company, what the policy of my office should be? So I'm supposed to wait for my, they only, they only have a deductible, right? You, you're, that's all they're going to be paying, and you're supposed to wait to bill the insurance, wait six to eight weeks to get the money that they, that doesn't even make sense. But patients have, have said that to us, that my insurance company said, I, I don't care. <laughs> so they're a big problem. They're not being held responsible either for promoting this dissatisfaction. Yeah, I think that, uh, to be honest, uh, there should be online reviews of the insurance company. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> you know, go directly, because a lot of these uh, problems that people are complaining about, like we talked about, is a lot of it is stuff that is not under our control. Exactly. Um, so review the insurance company. Tell them how they feel. I would love that. Mm -hmm. I think most physicians would love that if patients directed their ang anger at the right source. 
uh, versus going to the one that they see uh, face-to-face. And that's the problem, is that uh, as the physician, we are the face of, uh, unfortunately, we represent uh, the insurance companies, and mm-hmm. they direct it as if we are the ones, you know, setting out these policies, and we're not. Nope. On that note, let's take a break. You're listening to Medicine on Call. Welcome back to Medicine on Call. I think we've covered a lot of topics that most patients don't even, doctors even, don't even think about. And before the break, you made a really, I think, a very intelligent and true statement about us as physicians, we physicians being the face of the healthcare system. We only account for seven cents of the healthcare dollar. The rest of the patient's money is being spent on everything else, administration, insurance, pharma, etc. And they never get pissed at them. I don't see patients going totally crazy on pharmaceutical websites asking why X, Y, and Z drug is thousand times more than it should be and asking for an investigation. But because you waited 20 minutes instead of five, you're pissed at your physician. It's, it's misplaced. But part of it, I think, would be educating the patient, what we just described. I mean, I have the time and I spend the time to educate my patients about their insurance policies because I don't want to hear it. I don't want to have to fight for the money after the fact. I don't want them to stiff me, and it does happen. You know, the things that if you're up front and we're, this is a, I want to take care of you, we have to take care of the business transaction on this end, and then we can both, you know, leave that out and then do what we need to do. Is that an, an attitude that, that you guys have in your office? How do you approach the, you know, insurance model with the patients? Yes, I think the more uh, you educate your patient about the possible costs and, uh, you know, that as much as you can in a simple term, Mm -hmm. I think uh, that can help uh, people understand uh, that it isn't the physician's fault that uh, that things aren't covered or that there is a you know prior authorization or that the medication may be not covered. I think the more upfront you are, I think that is really important. I agree. And enlisting the patient as your advocate and your um, your ally. As we said at the beginning or during the show, the insurance companies don't care what the doctor has to say. Us calling them and asking to for clarification, et cetera, it's a they just it goes in one ear and out the other. But when a patient, the person paying the policy, makes the call, and you know we've had to do three-way calls with the patient and the insurance company, so that everybody's on board. You can't they can't be used. You know they can't pit the patient against us. Those three-way calls are very effective in getting the patient, enlisting them as your ally, having them hear what the insurance companies are saying, and fixing it up front instead of the he said, she said, um, you know, phone tree that I'm sure you've probably been in for hours on end. You know, that can all be negated. I think we just need to have the patients be full partners in the healthcare system. I, I totally agree. I think that 
if there was more transparency and simplification of the whole insurance model, or even get rid of the insurance model if you can,、mm. it will it would get rid of a lot of the frustrations and the misunderstanding that happens. So we we definitely need to、uh, you know have our patients direct the frustrations. Um, towards legislation、uh, to simplify and and for transparency. Transparency on the insurance company side. We're actually discussion. We're we're having an issue with an insurance company, and we found out we had to enlist a lawyer to help us with this. And we were told that there are two different policies. When you sign on as a provider to an insurance company, you get their handbook, etc. That is completely different from the patient and the handbook that they receive, and they're at odds with each other. So when we're talking about doing pre-certifications and going by the book of the insurance company, we're not doing anything. They can pull a rug, and they have the means to do it because the patient has a different. It's it's you know the policy is implemented differently from the patient perspective. That is. Totally unbelievable! It's totally du- a duality that you can't win this game. You're lucky if you get paid in this type of system, frankly. Definitely, and I think、uh, that's the thing that、uh, patients have no idea that、um, you know if they saw the amount of work <laughs> that we have to do to get paid、uh. and get paid very little, I think it would be very eye-opening.、Um, I think it would be too. And You know, we we have, especially、uh, in private practice, you have a, you have a big overhead. So this is why、uh, sometimes we can only see patients every five or ten minutes、um, because we're not getting paid. Well, think about the business model, right? The cost of doing business has continuously gone up. Malpractice um, policy um, premiums,、uh, overhead for equipment. Uh, rent, paying employees, medical benefits for the employees—that's all gone up, but the reimbursement has steadily gone down. This is the only business model that I can think of. How do we stay open? You really think about how this works when you wait for 60 days, sometimes a year, to be paid, and you're being paid at a fraction. If you take Medicaid and Medicare, for example, what is that? Eight cents on the dollar from what you're charging—that's not compatible with staying open. And then you have all these things that you deal with. I think it's finally time that doctors actually stop hiding and making it look good, and just putting our heads down and keeping it moving. And we start talking about what it really means to be a physician, and how we're working against the odds in order to take care of our patients. It, you know, we don't get, we don't garner sympathy because we're seen as the problem, and we're not. We're actually the solution. Yeah, I think the more、uh, patients are educated, that like you said, this is the worst business model out there. <laughs> It is、uh, this profession. Like you said, I find it incredible. I think people don't realize that、uh, most professions, you you increase your rate, you get paid more. There's,、uh, you know, you. And this is the only profession where actually we have not gotten a raise. For for you know decades,、no. um, they'll so, give you a couple of doctors, you know, professions that are making a lot of money because it's a cash based side of it. 
plastic surgery, et cetera. But the average physician isn't, they're not, they're not meeting their mortgage. They've got a second job. They've got, they're working moonlighting. They're doing all sorts of things to keep the doors open. That's really the reality. Yeah, and I think you make such an ex- excellent point. I think that a lot of times, you know, uh, like I said, some physicians just want to ignore the reviews or ignore the problem. And that is really what we've been doing wrong is that, you know, we're, we just keep working harder and trying to keep up with the system and comply and do everything we can because, to be honest, a lot of uh, a lot of physicians are that way. We just you know keep keep moving, keep doing. Let's mm-hmm. just let me just do my job. And yet, I really do think it's important to wake up and take a stand, and you know, and 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 fight back, and do something about it, and have a voice uh, at the table uh, when people are making these decisions without us. I absolutely agree with that. The system can't run without us. They try to make it run. Artificial intelligence, um, physician extenders, allied healthcare professionals coming on the front line, but they're not us. You know, and that's what we need to make our voices heard about. You know, we've trained in a specific way. It's it's unique to the healthcare system. All these Wall Street types and all these uh, startups that are glomming on to our expertise, we need to pull our, you know, take back our uh, consent for this. They're not physicians. We have all sorts of fake doctors practicing at this point, whether they be from the insurance market or from business um, trying to open up boutique this and, you know, managing medical practices, but they're not the answer. Um, (laughs) And so I I withdraw my consent, and I'm sure, I, I would assume, what's your take on that in the last couple minutes that we have What what my take on what on us taking our power back? And yes, I definitely think that that is uh, something that we need to do. Uh, people cannot we, you know, people come from all over the world to see seek our health health uh, care, our expertise. We have the most research and development. We have the best trained physicians in the whole world. And we are not replaceable, and I would hate for uh, our country to not become the primary uh, source of the best healthcare out there in the world. And uh, so I think that it's, it's a sh- it's, it would be a shame for patients not to have the best healthcare. And so the only way uh, it can be back to the best healthcare is that you know physicians, along with their patients, stand up and tell people that that's what they want. They want things to get back to the way it was, where it was about the physician and the patient. Agreed. In the second that we have, how can people reach you if they want to come to your practice in California? Uh, So, you know, obviously you could Google me, uh, uh, you know, Marie Jin as a dermatologist in the Silicon Valley area. So very easy. Um, you know, the online is good and bad. I know. Uh, it's, it's a good way to get, uh, you know, find people. So definitely I can be reached that way. Thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciated your time. I hope you have a blessed day. 
Thank you so much. You too. Thank you for listening to Medicine on Call. Revolutionary Talk for Revolutionary Times. Liberty Talk FM.